Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Tuesday, June 8, 2021. I hope you're well and your week is off to a great start. If you are in Atlanta, Georgia, and you have nothing to do on a Tuesday night, or you have something to do that's not actually all that great, (laughs) and you're looking to upgrade, come to Limerick Comedy tonight in Virginia Highland. That's right. We have a terrific lineup, as we do every Tuesday. Um, This week, our feature comic is Nicole Blue. Joe Kelly's on the lineup. Damon Sumner's going to be involved. Avon Campbell, Alex Libby, and Limerick favorite Matt Peshney. So come on over to Limerick. Main show starts at 9 o'clock. And if you're a comic in the city of Atlanta who wants to do one more spot or have one more drink before crawling home for bed, swing by the end of the main show and stay stay for lightning round. Lightning round is a two-minute open mic. It's a little... For me, goddammit, it's a little uh, promo heavy here in the beginning. <laughs> Trust me, I don't, I'm not a big, as you know, I'm not a big, or I, I would think you'd know, I'm not a big promo guy. Well, that's why you're doing what you're doing. Maybe if you sold out. I have sold out. I've told you that. I just have not bought in. Anyway, all I want to say, Limerick Comedy, the main show is at 9 to 10.30, and the lightning round, open mic, is from 10.30 until we're finished. Hopefully by 11.45 or so. So that's that's all I want to promote. That's all. Uh, it's, it's a bit much, like I said. I am sitting down the night before. I just got back from the Laughing Skull Lounge where I hosted. I'm quite a host. <laughs> I make you feel comfortable. Speaking of which, some... Uh, well, maybe I'll... Let's see what we can do with it. The The Laughing Skulls open mic came back on Monday night for the first time since March of 2020. So how many ever... What is that? 16, 17 months, something like that. Open mic comedy at the Laughing Skull Lounge is different than open mic comedy everywhere else or a lot of places because... There's a good, rich comedy club crowd that is also rich sometimes in uh, financial means who's there to see comedy, and it's just a, it's really usually a hot room when the host halfway does his job. <clears throat> but it's back, and the person who was supposed to host couldn't make it tonight, so I was asked to fill in, and I went down there and had a great time. Not like uh, like good set, like I had a real good time, because <laughs> I didn't. <clears throat> I fucked around and did not do much at the beginning and did not uh, leave it all that leave it in a great place for the first comic but he's a good comic so he worked it out uh, but at the end of the show a, uh, a woman uh, licked me and you know what much like um, I'm sure victim, real victims I'm not that what I want to be very clear is I'm not equating what happened to me to anything that happens to women uh, but I imagine there is like you, you I imagine in a situation like that, you blame yourself. What could I have done differently? What could I have? And I totally could have, I could have, uh, not let her close the space between us as quickly as she did. I could, I could have cut off what she was going to say, maybe a sentence or two sooner before. Anyway, 
I, I was licked tonight, and it was fucking disgusting. Also, though, I'm not enraged like like I would be if I were... I mean, I was... Was I assaulted? Yeah, but but I don't feel rage, and I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't feel like a victim. Well, where are you going with this one? Are you blaming yourself for being licked? This fucking woman licked me. She was shit-faced, and she kind of leaned in and said, blah, 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 and then she licked me, and I was like, dude, get off me, and then as I started to push her, uh, not shove her, but put my hand to assert, uh, reclaim my personal space, she said, don't touch me or take your hands off me. <laughs> and then I was in a, oh, fuck, what do I do now? Just uh, just allow myself to be, like, what's going to happen here? And uh, that's a diving right into a, uh, a, a situation that is very simple yet uh, is associated with much complexity. There was a drunk woman who was at the show tonight, who sat in the front row and fucking talked the whole time. Generally speaking, and the crowd members who are listening like, no, you're wrong about this. I was going to say, generally speaking, talking to me when I would come out in between comics. Uh, but she was, she made, she tried her best to make herself part of the show. And I tried my best to, not my best, I, try, I tried to not let her become the focal point of the show. But she was just undeniable. She was going to talk a lot and she was going to get ripped. And, uh, you know, generally was very sweet and supportive and loving of all the comics. Like, she kept saying, I, I love this comic. That comic was great. That, well, he's so funny, etc. And then afterwards, she came up to me and uh, she said, do you really have a baby? So, what have I established here? She was uh, a, not a great audience member, but a supportive audience member. She was enthusiastic, and she wasn't trying to ruin the show. She was probably ruining it for a lot of people around her, but um, she wasn't trying to ruin the show. And then afterwards, she came up and she said, you really have a baby? And I said, yeah, I do. And then she said, why? And... I said, because I love my wife. <laughs> and my wife and I were sort of ambivalent about having children. But my wife made a very compelling case saying, and this was it. She said, I love what we have. And I like the idea of extending that, making more of it. And that, that was it. So uh, I didn't say that to this drunk woman. I just said, because uh, I like my wife or something like that. And then she said, is she white? Is she black? And I said, uh, you know, <laughs> she's a whole lot different than both of us. She said, is she white? Is she black? What is she? I said, she's not here to speak for herself right now. So I, I didn't say anything. I was like, uh, I didn't say anything because it was loud and I was trying to disengage. And she said, uh, you seem like you like black girls. And I I said, uh, thank you. I didn't say, I, I'm trying to get back. And, and then she like leaned in and licked my face. And I was like, dude, this is fucking gross. Back off. And as soon as I put my hand on her, <laughs> she said, get your hands off me. Should I not be releasing this into the wild? Because 
it's going to be used as testimony one way or the other someday? Probably. There was no assault. And when I left, by the way, she was making out with another woman <laughs> outside the club. So she's just looking to have a good time. But uh, I was talking with the bartender afterward who saw the... Uh, she said, Joe, you just got me too like I'm not sure it's on the same level as that and you know what I didn't I felt I, I didn't feel like a victim I didn't feel like woe is me and not not that didn't sound right that's not what victims say but I, I didn't feel like someone had taken advantage of me felt a little bit like fuck off but not all right what is this I just got back from hosting a goddamn show that that's what it's about um and would have to manufacture outrage. The biggest outrage was, uh, was that this is fucking COVID, dude, and get your gross germs off me. And then also don't encroach on my space and all this stuff, but I have been in bars long enough across my life. I've worked in comedy clubs long enough to know that drunk people occasionally will do drunk shit, and that's the way it goes, and I'm not going to make a federal case out of it. Well, it sounds like it sounds like I'm headed in that direction. I'm not, but it was pretty gross. But then she was making out with another girl outside. I was like, "Hold on, let's let's not rush to judgment." I never, but I was thinking, I was reflecting on the way home. I never felt like, well, of course not. You're a dude. It was more annoyance, and uh, I didn't like the fact that she disrespected me, but I didn't feel disrespected. Even though I was, but I, I was not like, how dare you? And uh, that's just me being honest. Probably because I have a lifelong inclination toward, um, or not lifelong, but maybe the first two-thirds of my life or half of my life or whatever it was, uh, inclination toward a woman wants to do something to your body, go for it. All of which is it, all of which is to say, uh, this highlights the double standard in that, yeah, it was annoying and I was uh, encroached upon, but it's not it's not in the fucking ballpark is uh, the shit that happens to women all the time. So therefore, I'm the wokest white man alive. The uh, I don't know, speaking about being, speaking of, that's a terrible transition. I don't know, I, I, I wasn't going to speak of anything other than the great thing about the Skull Mics being back is that it's one more place for comics and people to come together and have a great time. And that was what happened tonight, and uh, I'm glad for it. That woman and her friends and whoever else around them I'm sure there were there were a couple of people near her that were like enough of this fucking broad going on and on here in between every comic, but I was a pro. I didn't indulge her every single time. It was interesting though with the like, hey, uh, take your hands off me. Like I didn't, I don't have my hands on you. She said, get your hands or don't touch me or something like that. You just licked my fucking face. And then you're going to go make out with you, you, you disloyal, you Jezebel. You're going to make out outside. I thought you were just licking my face. Anyway, 
I'm recording this late at night, so, uh, so what? So you know, so it's provided, so you have additional context. The fact that it's late at night has nothing to do with the podcast, and the fact that I was relating that story about that woman licking my face is just, by the way, this happened in the last couple hours. Similarly, right as I was sitting down to record the podcast, which I had hoped to do earlier, but with a friend, uh, we satisfied another plumbing task in my house, which makes you probably wonder or think, like, dude, you talk about how tight you are as a plumber, then why are you always fixing shit that has to do with plumbing in your house? Which really would suggest I'm not that good of a plumber. I meant to record it earlier. That thing happened a couple hours ago, and just like 15 minutes ago before I sat down, as I was sitting down to do this, a huge, enormous roach just like popped up above where I'm sitting. And then it's like with with roaches, how much, I don't know if you do this, how badly do you want to kill them? Meaning, do you want to soil do you <laughs> do you want to ruin a a perfectly clean towel do you want to uh, demolish the top page of a legal pad is it worth it or are you just happy with them scurrying along and then there's a whole middle ground right when you kill a roach where it's like well it would be great if i could just give him a concussion or her a concussion or they a concussion they roach and then pick them up in a way that doesn't, you know, degrades the the receptacle that I'm picking them up with, or the object that I'm using to pick them up, and then just throw them away into the toilet. <laughs> but I was sitting down, the roach appeared, and I didn't want to take off my shoe and smash it into the wall, smash the roach into the wall. I didn't want to take off my shirt, and which I thought about doing, just taking it off and whipping the roach just to give him a concussion. And ultimately what I did is I grabbed the legal pad and I kind of, uh, like, uh, what would be the right way to say it? Like, like a windshield wiper, right? Swiped it off the wall. It hit the ground. And I dropped, <clears throat> I dropped the legal pad on the roach, which sort of contained it for a minute. And then I went and got some toilet paper and... Remember I said this is one of those, I, I said, you know, when you find yourself losing interest in what you're saying, it's a great time to just stop. But that's what I did. So I did not create a roach. When you kill a roach, you don't want to create, the roach is the nuisance. You don't want to double it by creating a huge mess for yourself to clean up. So what I did was I just sort of windshield wiped it down on the ground, dropped a heavy thing on it, picked it up with some toilet paper just all things that have happened in the last couple of hours what is new with you <laughs> i don't know if i've ever said this but i because it's not a major re revelation but i once walked into a bar in cark i might have said it i walked into a bar in cark ireland and this old timer said to me who was eating a fucking huge block of cheese by the way for what that's worth having a pint of guinness and a block of cheese the size of a, you know, a Volkswagen Jetta. Just a quiet, <laughs> just a quiet Sunday afternoon carving off little slices of cheese and uh, pulling at his Guinness. 
<laughs> and he saw me and said, May I ask you a question? I'm like, God, my Irish accent is no good. May I ask you a question? May I ask you... Uh, I'm not going to fucking do it. May I ask... Oh, you're going to keep trying, though, and wasting the podcast listener's attention. He said, may I ask you a question? And I said, sure. And then he said, you first. You first. Which was such a little clever leprechaun-y Irish man thing to say. (laughs) Can I ask you, can I encroach upon you to be involved in my uh, existence? Okay. But first, you're going to have to express interest in my existence by asking if I have... by asking me a question first. May I ask you a question? You first. Anyway, it turns out my daughter also is Irish. Yeah, she is Irish just like her father and her father's forebears <laughs> before us, before me. Because she got her first report card at school, report card. Like, uh, how's your daughter, how's your kid doing, you know? She's two and change. I, too. I know you are. And it's 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 not the hardest-hitting, like, MIT kind of report card. It's, I, uh, sense, I can sense when other people are upset or, you know, like, senses other people are upset or I follow rules or I uh, put things back where they belong, right? Those kind of those kind of level of questions, not the hardest hitting investigative <laughs> tire kicking of my daughter. I'm trying to think of a really silly one. Like I, you know, recognize all my col- I recognize these 13 colors or something like it's not, it's not a, uh, the colors is not a good example. I, you get the idea, right? I put things back when at, Playtime is over, that kind of thing. And one of the, and, and the answers, you know, that the teacher circles in giving us this little report are always on the, on the extreme end. Uh, sometimes was, is in the middle and then never is the far right response. And most of my daughter's responses or the ratings she received were sometimes, you know, I, uh, play nicely with others, you know, always or sometimes. I uh, recognize when other children are upset, sometimes, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, And she only got one never, (laughs) which highlights her Irishness and for all my, or my wife's Norwegian and Scottish background, my daughter only got one never, and that was <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I ask for help when I need it. <laughs> Never. <laughs> that's it. She no, and that's so self defeating and so uh, honest. Uh, mean t- to who I am certainly. I'm not a big help asker, and that's so maladaptive to the world. If you need help, fucking ask for it. Raise your hand. Have the humility, I'm not talking about my daughter, me, and other people, to just ask for it. Hey, I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? Don't be too proud. (laughs) 
asks for help. Never. She never does. Never ask for help. Confirming. I, beyond a belief, beyond belief, beyond beyond reasonable doubt, that she is uh, Irish. And then I was wondering, like, what is the root of that? I mean, beyond you know her fucking hard-headed parents, that I don't want to ask for help because I don't want to admit that I am wrong, or I don't not that I'm wrong, and I don't know everything. See, this is this is the difference between my wife and me. I I do I will be like super analytical about it. Like, why would she think that she can't ask for help? Is she trying? Are we creating an environment that makes her think or makes her feel that she has to have all the answers? And if she asks for help, it's uh, an admission that she doesn't. I'm doing this all this ridiculous analysis, and my wife's like, or. Because she's two, <laughs> and she's hard-headed, which hopefully is more of the, more of the truth, more of the reality than not. But it's so interesting to, for me to anal try to analyze it, and then, and then not, sort of make too much of a deal of it, like so we we don't get the report, and then like, okay, sweetie, remember if you ever need anything, you can ask for help. If you're ever in a place where someone is going to make you feel uncomfortable by licking your fucking face, you can ask for help. <laughs> you can ask uh, anyone around you to come make out with her because she will. That's that's what will, will help. Anyway, it's just interesting that my wife says, like, she's two. And I'm like, there's all this other crazy shit. And uh, my wife's probably right about that. But I have been thinking about what I'm passing on to her. Well, you should think about that a little more frequently. Because she, everything she is going to be, or much of what she's going to be, is not what we fucking tell her. It's going to be what she observes in us. And I've been thinking about it a lot, be, thinking about it a lot recently because <clears throat> I'm building out let me take it into my comedy material. <laughs> I'm, I've been building out this this bit about my aversion, let's say, to authority, and my rejection of it, and and how it's it's maladaptive and and childish and immature and all this shit. And I, I'm building out this bit, thinking about the origins of it. And I got home Friday night, I guess, from a show, and. I even looked online for pro I looked online for problems with authority or whatever it's called and there are all sorts of um, psychological theories for where that comes from and <laughs> one of the causes of it is sorry, what I'm talking about is a problem with authority or issues with authority or the condition, condition, the diagnosis I, I found was like oppositional defiance disorder or some shit like that. And I'm, of course, you know, being opposed to authority, you're like, well, yeah, everybody else is a pussy. <laughs> but there are many different ways in which people can come to distrust authority. Usually it comes with a violation. And I'm not saying this about my folks 
or my uh, Boy Scout leaders. <laughs> I'm glad my folks got divorced because if uh, they would have stayed together, my dad might have tried to take me to Boy Scouts more or something like that. Or Back then, it literally was, literally was called Indian Guides. Indian Guides is what it was called. Uh, I think my dad took... Anyway, it's not, it's not about them. But there is some... There are some... There are events in our childhood that we store as implicit memories, meaning they're just in there and we're not consciously aware of them all the time. And they inform a lot of how we see the world. So let's say I, uh, you know, I wet my pants on in first day of kindergarten. I got yelled at, and then, uh, you know, I got spanked because of that. Those are only explicit memories now because I went and tried to really figure out what. What am I fucking saying? I'm saying that one of the reasons I found about. Uh, found out one of the, dude, catch your breath, one of the contributors to this defiant opposition to authority, which I hope my daughter gets, but doesn't get too much, um, it's just mimicking your your uh, primary caregiver's attitudes. <laughs> so I wonder if I'm already sending her down that, that path of... of uh, well, Dad always talks about how cops are. But I don't really talk to her about it. I don't, like, say, fuck the police to her. <clears throat> I don't really say that on a daily basis. But there have been times where I'm looking at a book with her, and there is, she, she we have this book of, it's like, from, I think it's called From A to Z, and it's oh, famous, very accomplished women who have these names, starting with A, Amelia Earhart, B, Beyonce, C, uh, I, I can't, uh, <laughs> disrespectful to women that I don't know the C, but, you know, R is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and C is probably Coco Chanel, to be honest with you. Uh, M is for Martha Graham, and, and uh, F is for Flojo. All these women who have made an impact and were badass women and where was I going with that? Well, you were going to sleep. Not yet. Not going to sleep. But in one of them, and it might have been, M I don't, I don't, is it Emmeline Parkhurst? One of them, there is a, a, a f fighter for women's rights to vote. We women just want to vote. Suffragists. That's it. It's pretty straightforward. Can we just have a fucking say? And there is... Uh, not a photo, but a, a drawing, a rendering in this book uh, of, of, I think it is Emmeline Parkhurst, but I, I'm not certain, and her kind of yelling at a cop, and the cop, you know, and these are children's cartoon drawings, and the cop has an angry face and maybe like a billy club. <laughs> I might have just invented the billy club and put it there. Billy club probably is a anti-Irish term a billy club like anyway like paddy wagon for fuck's sake irish people the only people that are getting drunk and thrown into the back no but uh you know come to limerick <laughs> and see 
And so anyway, the point is, if my daughter is picking up on my comment about what is what is this woman saying? What is this woman saying to the cop? And so I might say to my daughter, she's saying, hey, cop, don't push me. Hey, cop, don't push me. And so now in the car, occasionally I'll say, oh, hey, there's a there's a cop. And she'll say, hey, cop, don't push me. Am I trying to... What, what, what? So I, I just need to think about that. Do I want her to... It seems like people who... <laughs> who I don't want to say embrace authority, but figure out how to work with authority. Because it would be too glib to say, you get, you fucking... You blah, blah, blah with authority. And that's just not how... What I didn't say anything. I, I realize that. But I'm not saying that people who are not like me are, uh, you know, love authority. And, oh, thank God there's an overlord and a system of justice and policing that keeps everything in line so I don't step out of line. That's religion. <laughs> but um, I want my daughter to be able to work with authority. And I don't, I don't think I do that well. And that would, I'd be more adaptive. I'd be more adapted to the world if I, if I did that better. So, there you go. That's just my, uh, my reflections lately of my, my daughter and how I'm influencing her to hopefully, uh, ask for fucking help. (laughs) Is that a way to drive a result with a kid? Fucking ask for help if you need it. I'm right here, goddammit. No, it's not. But you know what is here for my daughter? Is swimming lessons. My daughter and I went to our very first swimming lesson on Saturday. And it was so great. There were five, four, four other parents and their their kids for you know initial swimming lessons where you know it's an, obviously i don't know obviously you and I, I i know dude you have to understand young people listening to this and i know that you do uh sometimes when a pitcher goes out onto the mound and his arm doesn't feel good and he can't locate his fastball and he can't throw strikes he just has to go with what got him there and try to do nine innings. <laughs> and that's kind of what I'm doing. And, you know, I know I can pull out uh, a, a pitch that involves a child. And uh, that's something to talk about. Because, frankly, I'm exhausted. You probably can tell. I'm half buzzed. And I'm really excited to go to bed and go to Limerick tomorrow night or tonight as you hear this. So, thank you for bearing with me, 25-year-old. As that woman said tonight, you have a kid? Why? Why? Well, for the same reason you're making out with that woman outside. Because it feels good. Anyway, we went to swimming lessons the other day. And it was a big time. It was really fun. The, uh, The interesting thing to me is that there were two other women and their kids and two men me and my boy whose name I think is Tomer he said his name was and uh, his daughter and 
I don't know why that was interesting to me, but in the other lesson, there were way more women. Because I'm just trying to be, trying to be, I'm not trying to be an involved dad. I just think it's, what am I thinking? I'm th not fucking much, you dipshit. That's true. But we, we did our 30 minute lesson on Saturday and we uh, I probably have mentioned that um, we have like 97 churches within a mile of our house and my wife from the drop been smarter and always been like you know they have they have daycare or they have preschool it's just so much easier like <laughs> right down the street and I'm always like yeah but then they're like well you spilled your milk so you're going to eternal damnation and when we do go by and see the kids talking for Sunday school it seems pretty strongly worded but anyway we I have made the concession or I've uh, not been a total prick and we have our swim lessons at a local church pool which is known in our house as church pool and there's nothing religious about it until you know the end when they bathe you in the blood of the lamb or Christ or whatever the blood is but it's very it's very uh, I don't know just cute to see her my daughter splashing around watching the other kids she before before we go in there she's watching you know the preteens or teenagers doing batons and all sorts of other things and if you're 25 right now, you're like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? I, I tried to explain to you. I'm on fumes right now, okay? <laughs> but I feel I, 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 I feel obligated to you to just soldier through. Just stick with me, okay? Stick with me for a few more minutes, and then I promise I'll let you go. The Board of Education, the Georgia Board of Education, passed a resolution the other day saying that they were that the state of Georgia is not racist. <laughs> I don't know. I'm. This is now like uh, this is like how I play Madden. Every play is a hail mary. All right, first down. Uh, go long, and I'll throw it as far as I can. That's that's how I play Madden. I play Madden. I haven't played it in like seven years, but when I play, every play, first down, throw it as far as you can. Okay, I'm not unique in that way. What else can I... What's a Hail Mary? Have you ever seen the, mu the movie The Fugitive? Ah, this sounds like... The Fugitive is one... It was on the other night, or I watched part of it the other night. Phenomenal. And what's most incredible about the movie The Fugitive... And I look forward, of course, to you tuning, returning to this podcast on Friday. And I know if I shit talk the podcast, it doesn't do me any good. And it doesn't do you any good because you're like, why the fuck are we going to listen to this? You're right. It's the best. I agree. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a performer, so I'm always evaluating my own performance. The Fugitive is unbelievable. And what is so incredible about, A, how it's so good and seems to hold up, is even though it was like 20, 30 years ago, probably 30, back then cops had to, the, I don't want to say cops had to be cops. 
the style of policing was different. They had to do all sorts of different things. Now you just hack somebody's phone. You're like, oh, that's where they are, and let's go get them. But this man, Richard Kimball, was sneaking into hospitals, walking into hospitals in broad daylight because his every move was not being tracked and he didn't have facial recognition. And what's so incredible about that is like 20, 25 years ago, the idea that there's a camera and a tracking system on every, not block, but every tenth of a block so that Everything you do is being monitored at all times. That was just like the stuff of science fiction. And and now, <laughs> dude, like I said, I'm I'm running out of darts. The Fugitive, great movie. You know who's in there as as much younger people? Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones, and even much younger than that, playing doctors, physicians are Julianne Moore and the hilarious Jane Lynch. And Jane Lynch, not in a comedic role. Although, when the cops come in, they're like, hey, you know Richard Kimball, this guy who killed his wife? She's like, first of all, I don't think he did it. Second of all, fuck you. So, maybe that was comedic. But it... I was like, The Fugitive, I remember that movie being really good. And you know what? It is. It still is. It is uh, it's all white people. And it's still good. That's just a correlation. I'm not suggesting causality. Uh, and then finally, yesterday, on Sunday, my wife, my daughter, and I went to the book signing for Plug Chapman, my dear friend who has a book out now called The King's Guard. We went down to Stockbridge, Georgia, and went to Milan's Lounge, and it was really nice, and it was a, a, a sweet, beautiful, uh, very festive, good, celebratory occasion. And my daughter was in, you know what happened yesterday? My daughter and I both made our hookah lounge debut. I can't speak for my wife, <laughs> but I don't think I've ever been in a hookah lounge I mean, I guess doing comedy shows, I, I have. Hookah's been smoked where I've been, but I think yesterday was my daughter and my hookah lounge debut, and and we had a great time. It was uh, so awesome to to see Plug in his in that moment, not in his moment, in that scene, and everyone there to celebrate his his book that you should buy, and we did. Uh, and also, my daughter got to see a guy play a saxophone, and she got to see people smoke hookahs, <laughs> hookahs, and she got to see Uncle Plug, as she said, calls him. I like Uncle Plug. I like Uncle Plug. Well, yeah, he's a sweet guy. And his book, I can't wait to read it. Uh, it's called The King's Guard, his story of... <laughs> And I mentioned his story of being an assistant and uh, confidant, obviously, to his cousin T.I., the King of the South. But I mentioned the other day something about T.I. and uh, that whole interstate drug smuggling and gun smuggling, pardon me, gun running, whatever. Uh, 
And Plug has a photo in the book of them being arrested for running guns, which is pretty awesome. So check it out. The King's Guard, Plug Chapman, and I'll talk to you on Friday.